America's original and oldest heritage pack company, Duluth Pack, hosts a podcast led by CEO Tom Sega. Real stories with real people who we admire, plus outdoor industry conversations, business discussions, entrepreneurial advice, and more. Now enjoy this week's episode of Leader of the Pack. Today's episode of Leader of the Pack is brought to you by our Made in the USA friends at Darn Tough Vermont. Darn Tough is a family-owned American manufacturer of end-use specific socks. They design, manufacture, sell, and promote the most comfortable, durable, and best-fitting socks available in the market today. Their CEO is known for saying, nobody ever outsourced anything for quality, and boy do I agree. Their promise is backed up by their unconditional lifetime guarantee. If you can wear out their socks, they will replace them free of charge. Seriously, I had a couple pair wear through and they replaced them with no questions asked. You can shop Darn Tough Vermont at Duluth Pack's flagship store in Duluth, Minnesota, or you can find them at darntoughvermont.com. This is Dave from Hoops Brewing. I'm uh, very, very happy to be part of this podcast and uh, really enjoy what Duluth Pack is doing. Here at Hoops, I make beer, not business decisions as much but I have to sometimes. I listen to this podcast because Tom is authentic, and that's why I open Hoops Brewing here in Canal Park, just a stone's throw from Duluth Pack, to make the beer the way beer was meant to be made, to be authentic in every ingredient, in every stage of the brewing process, and every inch of our beautiful Bavarian beer hall. And if you want to taste what an IPA or a Hefeweizen is authentically brewed to be, we'd love to show you Hoops Brewing for real. Hey everybody, this is Tom Sega with Duluth Pack, and this is the Duluth Pack podcast, Leader of the Pack. Our special guest today is Rachel Traxler. She is a photographer, she is a business coach, she is an entrepreneur, and we're going to learn a whole bunch from Rachel today. Rachel, welcome. Tom, I'm so honored for having you just allowing me to come on your podcast today. And I know we've had this scheduled, I feel like for so long, and I've been anticipating it. And I'm just really honored to be here. So thank you so much for having me. Well, goodness. I mean, first of all, congratulations is in place because um, maybe we had to push this back a little bit because a baby just came into the world. Let's talk about that. Then we'll go back on where you grew up and all that. Oh, man. Yes, sure did. I just had a baby at the time we're recording this three weeks ago. So I'm very much so in the thick of being postpartum. And it's just so great. And, you know, trying to navigate entrepreneurship and motherhood. Of course, motherhood's been my priority the past three weeks since it is so fresh. But entrepreneurship also just runs in my blood. So it's always on the back of my mind too. And I'm thankful that like my husband is able to help and, you know, that we work from home and having all this, but yeah, it's going really, really good. And he is a, just a perfect addition to our family. He's so sweet. Awesome. Well, congratulations. And and you look like you never had a baby. So that's awesome. So that's for our listeners here. But Rachel, let's go back. And where did this all start? I mean, tell us, where did you grow up? And what was your childhood like? And because we want to learn on on how you became this entrepreneur and where this spirit all came from. Oh, well, I'm, I'm just so thankful that you're giving me this platform to talk about this and even just 
for me to even reflect on myself too. So I'm actually from La Crescent, Minnesota. It's down in the Southern East part of Minnesota, just right across the river from La Crosse, Wisconsin. So I, um, we live in Wisconsin now, but I'm, we are both from La Crescent. We are Minnesota people by heart. We were like, it broke our hearts the day that we had to move to Wisconsin and change our license plates and change our, you know, our license and all that. Cause we're like, no, we just want to be Minnesota <laughs> people. But, um, yeah, that's where I grew up. And I my just thinking about my childhood, and my background too. my dad owns his own business. He kind of very much so entrepreneurship. He created his own little genre of fixing copywriters and type typewriters and very old school stuff. And he's very niche because not a lot of people do that. So they, you know, it's they call him for that type of stuff. And so he had that. My mom has always worked in the medical field, just so intelligent that way. She's just called to do that. They both are very much so called to do what they've been doing. And looking back when I was growing up, I always wanted to do two things. Also to back it up a little bit too, I grew up a dancer. So I was a dancer my whole life. And um, so I wanted to go to school for business and open up my own dance studio and do that. But then on the flip side, I really wanted to work in the medical field too. So I don't know if it had to do something with my parents, but the two things I really wanted to do was either the medical field or entrepreneurship, which is what both my parents did. Um, and I tried the whole medical field thing. I actually right out of college worked in the cancer center at Mayo clinic in Rochester. And so I was helping, um, cancer patients figure out which chemo regimen was best for them. And just very much so in the thick of like the medical field, which I was so honored to get that job quickly realized it was not for me. <laughs> I, um, just to give a little insight to him, an Enneagram type seven. So I'm just very much so spontaneous. I want adventure. I want new things. I'm always on to the next things. I like being active. I like just, you know, doing all the things. And so working in the medical field, like following protocol and being very strict with things just was not fulfilling. And being in like a small windowless office too, it just was not fulfilling my creative entrepreneur heart. Very quickly realized that. Um, And so my husband told me, he's like, you know, you should maybe just try to give this photography thing uh, just, just to go like try it. Cause I was doing it kind of on the side too. Um, But I really wanted to keep it part-time simply because I was shooting a lot of weddings at the time and I loved my weekends with my friends and family. So I'm like, I don't want to be full-time photography, you know, wedding photography. Um, but I, you know, things with my medical field job started going downhill as my photography was picking up and Trent, my husband just said, you know, just go for it, just do it. So I did. So he really inspired me and pushed me to do that. And so I just kind of made the leap of faith. I left my medical field job and I didn't have a plan B to make the. I didn't have a backup plan. If this didn't work, I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, so I really just went for it. And I think that kind of really pushed me and I work really well under pressure that way too. I love that. I love that challenge. Um, and so that really pushed me and inspired me to just make it work and make it happen. But also to something to note, looking back at my childhood, in middle school, I I think this is this gives me the indicator. I always had an entrepreneur heart, and which is always an entrepreneur at heart. I guess is that in middle school I would make beaded bracelets and then try to sell them at my locker in between classes, <laughs> and try to like sell them to my friends for like a dollar. And I just thought that was the coolest thing to make something physically with like my love and labor and try to serve someone else with it. 
and then like try to make money in the process. Just, I look back and I'm like, I was such an entrepreneur. Like <laughs> that's just where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> that is so cool. So Rachel, your major was business. No, it was not. It was exercise science. So I went in and I loved, like I said, I grew up a dancer. I loved being active. I loved being outdoors. I loved all of that stuff. So I actually went to school for um, exercise science and then got a job in the medical field. I wanted to go for business and I didn't. Okay. Yes. And, And then you, when you left the medical field, you went in and, and Rachel Traxler photography Talk about that. Talk about when you first started it and the, you obviously love photography, but then there's the business end of it. And what's, you know, the kind of the yin with the yang, tell us your struggles early on and your successes. Yeah. So you're exactly right too. I think a lot of people get into the photography business thinking, oh, I love taking photos and this is so fun. And I love posting photos on social media and stuff. They don't realize like you are running a full-blown business and you're doing it yourself. (laughs) And so there's a lot that comes with it. Thankfully for me, I love the business side of things. That's actually what I love. And I love taking photos. Don't get me wrong. It's that's kind of like my creative outlet for it. But my heart is like, I love running the business side of things, which I feel like is the flip side. And not everybody, not every photographer is like that. Um, I do remember early on when I did make that transition, it was kind of scary because I was used to working in the medical field. And then all of a sudden I was just work, I was at, at home and thinking like I needed to be somewhere like who's in charge of me, like who's telling me what to do because I don't know what to, yeah, exactly. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like I have to take it upon myself. So something I learned really quickly was just the self-discipline of being an entrepreneur of this like no one's going to tell me what I need to do and no one's going to make me do it. I've got to find it within myself to have that drive and motivation and self-discipline to do that. Thankfully, I love what I do so much and I love it so much that I have no problem in that area of doing the thing. Sometimes I have to force myself and my, my husband, Trent, has to remind me to take a step back because it is easy to kind of get caught up in there too. But that was something that I found right away that kind of like was a aha moment of, yeah, this is not just taking photos and something too that I, you know, kind of my a success and a struggle, I guess, for me when I first started was when I did actually make the leap to go full-time photography, I wasn't making that decision based off of, okay, my business is doing so good that I'm making in my photography business what I'm matching at my salary or like my salary, my my medical field job. I think a lot of people wait to go full-time photography until their photography salary matches their full-time job. Whereas for me, I'm like, I don't care about that. I'm just going to go. I'm just going to make the leap and go. And it's funny because with that year that that happened, I had the intention that I was never going to go full-time. So I turned down a ton of work, a ton of weddings and a ton of stuff because I, I was hit at mass max capacity and I didn't want to take any more. So I went into going full-time with half the amount of work that I really wish I would have had. So again, not having a plan B just gave me a fire under my butt to just do the things and make it happen. And I ended up having like a really full year that year and having a full booked year for the next year too. And so, um, I don't know. I think that actually helped me not having a plan B and just kind of taking a leap of faith and knowing that I just have to make it work. Rachel, when it comes to photography, I mean, we all think we see the photographers at weddings, we see grad pics, we see families getting 
you know, Christmas pictures, taking of families or engagements and all that was what what was your specialty or were you more general and you did all of these different types of things and probably many more than what I just thought of there? Yeah, that's a really good question for me. I mean, I think when photographers start out, I think it's a good thing. And I think most people do try to, you know, dip their toes in the water of like all the different things that they can see what they like and they can see what works best for them. I have always had a heart with just working with couples. That's just, I think where I thrive. And I think I deliver the best that I can. So I've always loved weddings and couples and stuff like that. And so that for me has been kind of my area of specialty. I think now that I'm tapping into this next season of my own life with having kids, I love photographing families. I did not used to enjoy that as much photographing families. And now I'm like, that's just the most special thing. I love doing families now too. But um, I would say... I've always been the couples and wedding photographer, and now I love doing family stuff too. So I, I got to, I, I have this, I'm holding it up to the screen. <laughs> I have this fancy iPhone 14 right here. Okay. Doesn't, doesn't that make me a photographer or is that just a perception that we all think we're photographers now? Yeah. And that's a good question too, because yeah, these phones these days are insane and they're crazy and they do so, so much. And I think that's a good point and something that I really love and an area that I found in my specialty with my photography business. And then also now my photography education business too, is something that I have, I've always, it's kind of been my area of specialty, not because I've always been really good at it in my business, but because it lacked in my business right away. And I wanted to change it and make it good was client experience. And everything falls under client experience when you're running a photography business, like everything you do down even to like sending invoices that you think is a business task. You're actually giving them an experience while you're doing that. And so I think too, by that's kind of the difference of just taking pictures on your phone or like your cell phone or just having someone snap a few pictures and like giving an overall experience and being able to enjoy it. And I think even as a photographer too, I sometimes just set up my camera and my, me and my husband and our kids, we just did a self timer shoot, like a, a DIY shoot. Cause my baby, he's, he's so young. I'm like, I just want some pictures before he gets too big. So we set up a little you know, sheet in our living room and just did some self-timer photos with my camera. And I'm like, even as a photographer, I'm like, man, I just, I really value the experience of just having someone do it for me so I can really just live in the moment and enjoy instead of thinking about everything I need to do. And so I do think that's the difference between actual photographers and then doing stuff on your phone and all that stuff. Rachel, what is the, if you had to pick one, the favorite shoot you've ever had? You know, What's really cool about shoots too, and just like weddings and, and, and shoots and stuff. And I always think, cause I am more of a wedding photographer. I always think of weddings when I think of these things, but what's really cool is that obviously I've gotten to travel a ton for my weddings. Like I've gone to Greece, like I've gone all over like the world basically for elopements and weddings. And it's been so cool, but what's even cooler than that, Tom is, and, and this kind of comes back to like my client experience, like mindset too, is that photographers get so caught up in, I want to photograph at the cool locations and I want the cool weddings and doing all these things. Like for me, it's like, I, yes, locations are awesome, but I am so much more focused on like the connection I'm provoking between like 
my clients too, that it's all about like me showcasing like their connection and their love for each other and like their emotions that way, that that trumps a cool location for me any day. And so I would say in terms of like thinking about my favorite shooter wedding, I think it's just more so every wedding and couples are so different that just being able to bring that out and creating those moments for people, I think makes my heart happier than a really cool location. So that's kind of, if that makes sense at all, if that answers kind of. For sure. Yeah. How, how about, how do you handle or manage? So people are on their wedding day. Mm-hmm. Anxiety is high. Stress levels are high for not only the couple, but the families. How do you manage that? And how do you really herd all these cats to make sure everything happens in the timing that it needs to? Oh, that's such a good question too, Tom. Look at you. I love all these questions, but I think there's a lot of prep work that goes into a wedding day. So it's not just like, oh, you want me to photograph your wedding day? Okay, cool. I'll show up. I'll be there. It's a lot of prep and a lot of like, I'm really big into workflows. And so prepping and educating your clients before the wedding day of just making sure you have everything and all the information you need from them. But not only that, but just also like nurturing them through that time too. Cause typically engagements are, I'll just say an average of a year long. So maybe someone I'm booking them now, they're not getting married till next March or like next summer, whatever that looks like. I'm nurturing them through that time. I'm telling them what works best for photos, like what this looks like, how to enjoy the most of your day, how to delegate tasks. So you don't feel like it's all on you on your day how to navigate that, you know, how to navigate because yeah, you're right. People get together and family stressors and situations kind of come out and stuff like that happens. And also you, you don't realize as a photographer, how much people are looking to you for like to set the tone too, because the second that a photographer gets really flustered on a wedding day, the couple's going to get flustered. They're going to feel behind. So it's just kind of part of my nature too. My personality is just, I'm, I'm a very chill person, just a laid back type of person too. So I always tell people like, even if we're an hour behind on their timeline, I'm like, I don't care. Nothing's going to happen without you. Don't worry about it. We're going to be good. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll rearrange this. And it's, you know, so I think you set the tone as a photographer. So staying super chill in that situation and also prepping them as much as you can before the wedding too, by nurturing them and sending them and having a really solid workflow that way. And and we'll get into that. Save that, that word workflow, because I know you use that a lot, um, especially when we get into the next segment with you on the business coaching and all of that. I know that that's very important to you. But first of all, tell us from the photography business, Rachel, your social handle so people can find you and look at some of your, your work. Yeah, I'd love that. So on Instagram, it's just at Rachel Traxler. So it's just my name. Um, and that's usually on most platforms. I'm, I'm, that's my name too. And uh, my website too is racheltraxler.com. So that's, that's where people could find me there. And they can sign up and on Instagram, you already have 21,000 followers. How did you, how do you build that like that? Oh my goodness. You know, Tom, things have changed so much too. Like I was even saying back in like 2015, I could post a photo and gain a thousand followers or, you know what I mean? Like things are so different, but, um, I think just creating, you know, and I always look at it too, as just like, how can I serve the community and just people I have, no matter what that looks like, no matter the number that it is. And I think my heart has always just been 
serving and putting like, how can I help someone else and how can I serve someone else too? I think when it ever comes time to like post personal content, I know I've been starting to post more of my family and a little more personal content, which has felt a little out of my realm because honestly, my comfort zone is I would rather put a post of like five ways I can help you with this or how can I teach you you how to do this? And that's more of my comfort zone than, than me posting personal stuff about myself. So I think it's a good balance. That's something I'm working on. But I think when you can just serve people first, People like that, you know, people like to feel taken care of and served. How, how long did it take you to get to 21,000? That's a big number. Gosh, yeah, yeah, it is. I, um, I guess I started my, it would have been like right after college. So what did that would have been like 2016, 17 that I really started posting my photography stuff, I would say. So okay, two years. So folks, we're talking to Rachel Traxler. She's goes into the medical business. That's not for her. She was always in love with doing photography. She starts a successful photography business, but you know, that's just not enough. Okay. So, you know, I got extra time on my hand. I'm having these babies, but you know what? I got extra energy. So you start a business coaching career. Tell us what the name of it is. Tell us what do you actually do with your business coaching? Oh my goodness, Tom, this lights me up. I'm so excited. I love how you say, oh, I have extra time. And that's not, <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's really cool because I feel like I said, my heart's always been in serving. I've always been the type of person to want to just help the next person in line. So I'm like, if I have anything to help and give any insight to anybody, I've always been that type of person to just be the first to dive in and lend a helping hand that way. And I think that makes a lot of sense of why I've made this pivot into doing the business coaching and stuff like that. And having a decade of experience in the wedding industry that I'm like, you know what? I do have a lot to share and I do have ways I can serve people and people are asking for help. So I structured together a, a coaching program that I'm really, really proud of serving other photographers and just helping them grow their business. And it has been the most rewarding thing to see these other photographers have these wins and successes and being able to help them through that and watching them have their aha moments and watching them go through things. So my program is actually a 12 month program. So it's a year long, which is actually, I think a really solid amount of time. And I think as, as wedding photographers, especially in the Midwest here, we experience high seasons and low seasons, busy seasons, slow seasons, you know, with the winters and, and things happening that way. And so having a full year together is really, really powerful. And I've even been able to scale it too. So I'm like the main business and success coach, but I've also hired in two other coaches in the program too, to help with areas that it's their expertise. So like copy, so like copywriting and Pinterest blogging and SEO and like other areas that I could help on, but I know someone else could do better. So I'm going to bring in other co-coaches in the program that I can just really serve the heck out of these photographers and just really help them that way. And yeah, so that's a little like about my program there. It's called Passion of Profit is what I named it too, just because like I was saying earlier in the beginning of this episode too, of people go into it because yeah, I have this passion for photography and I want to do photos, but how do I turn it into a profitable business? So it's called passion of profit for that's kind of the, my heart behind it. The reasoning behind and, it. So it, what are your handles at that one? Cause I want to make sure our listeners can find you on all these different things that you're doing. 
Yeah. So it's the same thing. It's everything okay. that I do is just all under my racheltraxer.com website, Rachel Traxer on, on Instagram and all that stuff. And so it's it's kind of been interesting too, how I have these two different things of two different funnels almost of like, here's, here's my wedding photography, but then here's my education. And, you know, if you want to come to me for hiring me for your, your wedding, like you're going to hear in this direction, this will funnel you this way and education. It'll funnel you that way. My podcast, it'll funnel you that way. So it's kind of all under one umbrella. Okay, perfect. Easier for people to to find you and get to you. So let's talk about, so your business coaching business is really narrowed down to helping people get into the business of photography. Yes. Yeah, I would say my program itself is probably more for like intermediate advanced photographers looking to just take their business to the next level. You know, they're, they they maybe have some clarity gaps or knowledge gaps of like, I know I, I know I want to get here, but I don't know how to do that. Or I know I want to raise my prices, but I don't know how, you know. And so it's more so for people who already have an established photography business, but how can I, you know, how can they book more and make more money from it and be more profitable and grow their team too? Because I also have an associate team myself for my weddings and photography. So like I'm not shooting every single wedding under my team anymore. Like I have associate photographers. So also teaching them how to do that. And there's a lot of different directions that you can go for that. So it's basically teaching advanced intermediate to advanced photographers. Can you walk us through a typical day in your life? A typical day, Tom. They're never the same. <laughs> I know. But just the joy, honestly, the beauty of entrepreneurship, because I I would get bored. Like I said, I, I'm an Enneagram type seven. I need new things. I need I need change in my life. Like I I need that. And so I am so thankful that not every day looks the same for me. And especially now after having kids. So now that I have kids, I have we have a nanny that comes in two or three days a week. And when she's here, I'm going, I'm going to town on what I need to get done. And I'm very productive in that time. Cause I know that I only have this amount of time to do it, but, um, you know, it looks different, you know, every day, some days, like I said, I'm really focusing on my, you know, my coaching calls and my coaching students. And I'm in my coaching program on Wednesdays and Thursdays, I'm recording podcast episodes and maybe on Fridays I'm filming for my, you know, YouTube channel and my, you know, social media stuff. And then Mondays are, you know, client communication where I'm, I'm making sure all my workflows are set in place. I'm, I'm handling my team messages, making sure my team's knowing what to do, knows what to do. And I'm all of my wedding clients are taken care of, you know, that stuff like that. I'm not saying that that's a set thing. Yes, Wednesdays are my coaching days and Thursdays are my recording days, right? Like that type of thing. But it also depends too. And I think that's the joy of it is some days I'm feeling it more than others. And I really, really listen to my body and just what I'm feeling in those days. I don't force myself to do anything that I don't really feel like doing. It's very rare that I'm just not motivated because I am just a, I'm usually just typically very motivated. But um, I think that's what also helps prevent burnout too, is just making sure that I'm doing things when I feel called to do so. So I'm not forcing myself and I am spreading myself in a way that's it's motivating me and it's inspiring me. And I really light up when I do get to do the things. 
So it sounds like you're able to silo your mm -hmm. workflows into silos so you can really focus on one thing and accomplish the goals that you have set before you move on to the next. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people ask me, like, how do you do it all? Like you have kids and you, you run a podcast and you run a you photography business and associate and coaching and all these things. And that I think is my, like, I think I'm just good at that too. Kind of may see yourself as like compartmentalizing all those things. And some, cause sometimes when you're trying to do all the things and trying to do four different things at once and you end up just not getting them done. <laughs> and so really just staying focused on like, getting that specific segment done and moving on and, and making sure. And, you know, there's always work to do as, as you know, too. So there's never, you're never shy of that. <laughs> yeah. As an entrepreneur, you get, a, you get, you get, you only get to do the fun jobs, right? You don't, you don't get to do all the, 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 I'll call it the grunt work, right? No, yes. that, that doesn't work that way. We do no, everything, don't we? Do we? <laughs> we have discovered the best American made truck racks on the market. The Minnesota-made truck racks by Spring Creek Manufacturing are built with aluminum and are universal, meaning they can fit most brands, styles, years, and bodies of trucks. Plus, they are rust-proof. Whether for your truck or your company's commercial fleet, these are the truck racks for you. No need to buy a new truck rack every three to five years. Buy it once and have it for life. Plus, Enjoy an exclusive 15% off, yes, 15% off your next online order with springcreek.com with code LEADER15, that is LEADER, L-E-A-D-E-R-1-5, exclusions apply now, back to the podcast. Let's talk about workflows because I did listen to some of your podcasts and we'll get into that. So we won't jump ahead to that quite yet. But you talk a lot about workflows. Can you educate some old guy like me on what do these workflows mean and, and how do what's the beauty of them? Yeah. And so I'm a huge fan of workflows. I was actually just getting my hair done with my hairdresser a few weeks ago. And I was even helping her with her workflow, her client workflow, because I'm just this, uh, I love workflows for any business and any type of thing. And so it's basically a lot of what I find is my students come into my program. They're like, I'm spending so much time with my client communication and emailing back and forth and, and, or I'm not, I'm not getting my ideal clients or I'm showing up to weddings and they're not my ideal clients and things are going wrong. And I'm a big believer on like taking responsibility for if something's not going right in your business or something happens that more times than not, it's probably just on you. Cause you didn't communicate that clearly. Um, and all that stuff. So having workflows is basically just creating a communication sequence of, of what your client can expect from you, like expectations for that, prepping them and educating them into ideal clients too. So that come like the wedding day that they know what to expect. And also you have prepped them enough that they're going to do the things that you're going to, it's going to make your job easier too. And this goes for any type of, I think, business and any type of thing like that, not just wedding photography, but it's basically to creating like automated. So I like to break my workflows mm -hmm. up into big different parts. So there's the onboarding phase. So as you're bringing on a new client and like booking them and bringing them on, like there's that booking phase and there's the onboarding phase of going over those expectations and 
giving them, you know, immediate like gratification. So it's not like they have any buyer's remorse. They're like, you know, they made this investment in you and they're, they're proud of that. They're happy about it because you're giving them these things. And then you're switching into like the nurture sequence. So I think a lot of people forget to nurture their clients of, you know, instead of just booking them and like being you know a month out from whenever you deliver, whatever you're delivering to them, to them is nurturing them. And that falls into prepping them into how to make the most of their wedding day or how to make them an ideal client for you, no matter what your business looks like. And really just giving them resources and holding their hand through the process too, so that they feel taken care of and you're serving them in the best way possible. And then there's also like that delivery and offboarding phase too, because I think the way you leave an experience is just as important, if not more important than the way you're bringing them on, because it's how they're going to remember you. And so you want to end with a bang. And I think a lot of people, I'm thinking in terms of photographers or any type of service-based provider, anything like that, you, you give your deliverable, you know, you, you, anything that you're giving them, I'm giving them their wedding day images, whatever. And a lot of people just like peace out, like they're giving them what they paid for and they leave and they forget about how you're actually offboarding them and leaving them in the process and how you're making them feel and steps moving forward and what that looks like and how they can work with you in the future. And just to make the most out of that too. And I think even that comes easier when you want to market in the future too. Cause I think a lot of people get caught up in, oh, I need to find new clients and I need to find new, I need to build my audience and grow my audience that they forget about the audience and the clients that they already have, that they can serve even more to, you know, not feel like you have to go and start from scratch with your marketing strategy. You can go to these loyal people that you have served the heck out of and go to them for that. So that's kind of just a little rundown. So for somebody who is getting engaged or they're thinking about getting engaged, if you could give advice to them when it comes to the business end of hiring a photographer for their wedding, if you could say, you know what, I want to give all of you this advice so that when you come to me, my business, all of these steps will be taken care of from time frame and, and what, what do they need out of you starting from A until, like you just said, the the offboarding that needs to also be exciting for them. Yeah. And so I think that is all comes down to the photographer. So you don't want to like overwhelm them with like, I need this and this and this from you. And this is what you should do. I think as a photographer, you should take it upon yourself to like, it's not only just asking them the right things and giving them the right things. It's doing it at the right time. There's an art to it because you don't want to overwhelm them or you don't want to ask them at the wrong time of, of, you know, talking about albums or something like that in a, in the place of like the onboarding phase. It's like, they're not thinking about their wedding albums yet. You know what I mean? They might be, but that's something that we talk about later on too. And so I think when someone's coming or just trying to find a wedding photographer, my advice is always just finding who you feel like you're going to get a good experience from and who you feel like that connection with. And then a good photographer from there should take over the communication and the connection and all of that from there. They should with with everything. So just to not overwhelm them even more. That That's part of what, what you call your workflow is, is kind of that whole step from yes. A to Z. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And and obviously don't forget the batteries and don't forget the flash drives, right? <laughs> of course not. <laughs> and and you've never that. been asked that question. 
<laughs> and, and so folks, we're talking with Rachel Traxler. She's a photographer. She, or she specializes in weddings. She's a business coach. She's a mom two times, but that's not enough, folks. We might as well just add a few things. And one of them's called the Gold Biz Podcast that you started in January of 2021. Well, tell us all about that. We're on a podcast right now, right? And yeah. actually, we started it somewhere around there. Tell us about your podcast. What inspired you to do the podcast? And and how has it grown for you? And all the uh, the things you talk about. Oh, and you know, I love podcasts because I could just talk for days, you know? And so it was, it's a really cool outlet for me to be able to serve people in a way that maybe resonates with them. Cause some, cause what we do is we take our podcast episodes and we turn them into blog posts. And, um, I've just been recently starting to attempt, like starting to do YouTube videos on it if somebody wants to watch it instead. And so it's being able to serve people in different, you know, however they learn, and I'm an audio learner. I love to like listen to stuff too and a visual learner as well. And so it was just a different outlet for me to serve people with my knowledge and the education I have. And oh man, it's it's been so fun. And it's just a really cool way to take what I know and serve people with. And yeah, we've just kind of been growing it ever since and just want it to be a really cool photography education podcast. I'm someone who... I'm, I'm short and punchy. Like I like, I could talk for days, but I try to keep things like here's, you know, really quick, tangible steps that you can watch. If you have 10 minutes and this episode's 10 minutes, but then maybe this episode is longer and just really bite-sized action items. Because I think when you're running a photography business, there's so many aspects of it. And we're all, as a photographer, you're wearing all the hats in your business. Like, unless you're hiring a team and doing some outsourcing and stuff like that, you do a lot in your business. I know that goes for entrepreneurship in general. So it's those, that's kind of my heart behind. I want them to be quick, tangible things. You can listen to it. You can take action from it. You can take it away and you can apply it and implement it and make change in your business. So mostly educational. Uh, do you have guests? I, I know some of them that I've listened to because I went on and listened to some of your podcasts where you're talking and and giving advice on here's the way I would do this and uh, here's my experiences. Do you also have guests and and where what directions do you go with those? I do. I love having guests. I try to do like. I try to do an equal amount of like solo episodes and guest episodes. I probably do a little bit more solo episodes, but I love having, but I, it's probably equal though too, you know, around equal. I love having guests on because like I said earlier, everyone's got their own area of expertise and I love bringing on people and I love having conversations with people that about topics that just light them up and like, let them kind of go and, and be able to share with the audience that I have and be able to serve them that way. And I really, I love business in general. Like I love talking about business. A lot of my podcast is photography business, but I have so many other friends that aren't photographers that listen to them, my podcast and benefit from it because I just love business in general. I talk about email lists. I talk about passive income. I talk about all of that stuff like that, just because I love business in general. So mostly photography business, but a little bit of business in general too. 
Rachel, where do people find your podcast? Same thing with just Rachel Traxler uh, for my Instagram handle, but it is called the Gold Biz Podcast. So um, it's on, you know, Apple, Spotify, all, all the places that way, but it is on my social medias as well. Where do you see, Rachel, your brands? Because really I'm talking about three different brands or we're talking about three different brands here today. Where do you see your brands expanding in the future? Oh, man. You know, my husband and I were just talking about this. We don't, it's, that's kind of the beauty of it, of I just, I don't know. Like, I never anticipated for my coaching program to do as well as it is doing. And I didn't think I was going to be doing a podcast. And I, that's the, what I love about entrepreneurship and just being a business owner in general is that you can take your business in so many different directions. And sometimes you just don't know what that looks like. And so for me right now, I'm just so content with what I'm doing right now that it's not like I have plans of, oh, next year I'm going to do this. And next year I want to do this. I'm so happy and content with where I'm at right now, but I'm so excited and open to see what doors are going to open for me because I know that this isn't for, you know, the trend of things are going, I like to add things on and I like to try new things. So I'm excited to see what doors open in the future, but I don't have any plans to tell you right now, Tom. I know that's not juicy. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because we've been talking for like 45 minutes here and it's like, oh, come on here. You know, we're talking about all these businesses. There's something else brewing here. Oh. We have something festering that's ready to get going. Oh my goodness. So Let's let's talk a little bit about you know just the the couple of years we've gone through here that we've all gone through, um, and you know a lot of can I mean, go back to weddings and photography cancellations of weddings and and how we do business. And we're doing this over a a Zoom right now on this interview. How has your business changed from when you first started getting through what we've all gone through the last couple of years? And now coming out of all of that. Yeah. You know, what's really cool is I feel like I benefited from it because it is such a, you know, with it, it in certain areas, because with the coaching, it's really cool because all of it's mostly digital besides the retreat that I do. I do an, an in-person retreat and we do that. Well, last year we did it up North on the North shore this year, we're doing it in Lake Tahoe, but with the wedding photography side of it, what's been really cool is a lot of people are switching to more like smaller elopements type of weddings too. And so just given after like the last couple of years of what's happened with cancellations, but people still want to get married. So let's just do something small in our backyard or my favorite, favorite, favorite. And I know you're going to love this, Tom, is a lot of people just want to go elope on the North shore like up in Duluth or like up along the North shore of Minnesota. And I love that. That is probably like one of my favorite things to do is just like photograph around the Duluth area or just up on the North shore. So it's been really cool to see that shift and to people having these big, big weddings and having it feel like this big production into kind of stripping it down and doing smaller weddings and doing it more intentional and really focusing in on the connection and family and just like what's really important to them on their day. And so that's been a really cool transition um, in the wedding industry that I've seen people do. And um, I think a lot of people, a lot of photographers love that. You know, um, the, the North Shore would be a beautiful place to have a wedding about three weeks of the year. 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Depending uh, on what time of year. <laughs> you know, we, we're recording this on what? The 2nd of March. Yesterday, the 1st of March. I look out my office window, Rachel. I couldn't see 100 feet. We had a blizzard yesterday. Oh, my goodness. You're so right, Tom. There's a small window that it's <laughs> going to be good, right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. But it, it could be a, an absolute beautiful and but a lot of challenges for you as well. And, and talk to us a little bit about that. The challenges you can run into with obviously weather on an outdoor wedding, but what kind of challenges do you prepare for in case, you know, plan A, plan B, plan C? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think the longer you're in this industry, the more you experience things too, the more like cancellations, maybe the couple cancels, maybe you have to cancel um, for something like crazy. You know, it's just one of those things you just don't know. Knock on wood, that happens very, very rarely. I don't think I've ever had to cancel on a couple for anything like that, but things happen. Like I hear stories, we're all human. So things come up. Um, and so I think it's just really important to have that outlined in your contracts too, with your clients and just making sure that you're squared away with that, just in case anything comes up. And I think as, as wedding photographers, after the pandemic, we all scurried in to add that into our contracts because we didn't have <laughs> pandemics, you know? <laughs> and so lots of changes <laughs> with that. Yeah, 20 years from now, somebody will say, what's this thing in the contract that says pandemic? What's that all about? Yeah, exactly. Oh, goodness. Rachel, we're going to switch gears here. Okay. So we're going to get away from business now. And now we're going to just, we're going to learn what really makes Rachel kind of fire here. So we're going right. to do some rapid fire questions okay. at you. Just, you know, so our listeners can find out a yeah. little bit more about you personally. Outside of all of this work here, what's your favorite hobby? Oh, man, I feel like I don't just have one hobby. I love to do it all. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> I like to do all the things. My husband's a hunter, so we love doing things outdoors. Yeah, I see your background there. I saw that. Yep. <laughs> so my husband's a hunter, which is really, and I've always loved the outdoors. We love hiking. We love adventure. I love travel. I really love, um, like homemaking too. Like I like to cook and I like to make things, you know, from scratch and just do activities and fun things with my kids and, um, and that kind of stuff. So again, I love travel. I love adventure. I love being outdoors. I love doing stuff in the home. So that's probably, I like to do it all. <laughs> Rachel, if there's the absolute nirvana of dream shoots that you can do in the future, where is it? Oh, Tom, that's a that's a tricky one. Oh my goodness. I the first thing that comes to my mind obviously is like I loved shooting over in Greece and I think that was really really fun. Um I feel like oh gosh, I don't know. I kind of I just want to say Greece again, but I'm like I've already done that. I would say what, any what was your favorite part about that? I mean, you hear so much about the white cliffs and the yeah. white buildings and the 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 ocean that is is the colors of it just are like nowhere else in the world. Oh, is that what kind of makes it or is it just the history or what what made it so awesome for you? Yeah, it all was just really cool. And I think just the idea too of like the couple and there was just like 25 of their closest family and friends. So it was just like a barbecue out, you know I mean? It was just like a small tight knit group. And so everyone got to know each other and yeah, obviously like the scenery and the way of life over there too, just was so just chill and, um, 
happy, just nonchalant, like not a care in the world. And I think that was so super cool too. But I also love um, photographing too and just like fun place, like tropical places too, like Hawaii. I always, I've, I've loved shooting in Hawaii too. So I don't know, anywhere beautiful. Oh, everywhere has its own beauty, right? (laughs) Except for up here right now when we have a a March 1st blizzard. Oh my gosh. Not yesterday you wouldn't have, I promise. So you already, you you wrecked my next question here. And that was where, where was your favorite shoot you've done to date? But you already gave it away that it was Greece. Where in Greece was that shoot? That was in Santorini. Okay. Is that moment? Yeah. But oh man, like. Canada was beautiful. Hawaii is beautiful. That's, there's so many, so many, so many cool places. I Iceland was cool. You've been all over the place. I've been all over. <laughs> That's really cool. So favorite artist or band? Ooh, I have always been a sucker for Coldplay, they're called. And but like I like old school Coldplay. They've got newer music, but I like their old, their old music too. Like that's what I like. They're, that's you, kind of like my go-to. Have you seen them? I have multiple times. Multiple times. Oh, yes. chasing it's... them around. A, 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 <laughs> I was going to say a roadie. No, that's not what it is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I love them. But like I said, I like their old music, not their newer stuff. I like the old stuff. Okay. And what is the best piece of life advice that you've ever received and who did you receive it from? Oh, this is so fun because I I think just the first thing that comes to my mind when you ask me that is from my mom. And it's such, it's the simplest thing. And it always, always makes me feel better. Anytime I'm going through a hard time, she always just says this too shall pass. And it's just the most like simple advice. And that's just the first thing that comes to my mind because as soon as she says that, I'm like, I just feel like, and I don't know if it's because it's from my mom, (laughs) but I just have this immediate sense of just like peace and calmness of like, you're right. Like this is just a season and all that stuff. So that's the first thing that comes to my mind. You know what is so cool, Rachel, is on, on all the podcasts we do, when when we do ask that question, I ask that one often of people when we're in the packed question segment, which we call this, is it's mom and or dad. That is so cool. From so many people. So it's it's really cool. So folks, today, our very special guest has been Rachel Traxler. She owns her own photography business specializing in weddings. So any of you that are getting engaged or thinking about it, you need to go to her social handles and we'll ask you about those once again. She is a business coach and once again, focused on the photography business. If you're thinking about growing or expanding your business, she has a podcast and she has a YouTube channel and I guess she just does it all. Rachel, thanks so much for being here today. And once again, please give us your social handle so our listeners can find you. Yes. Um, again, it's just at Rachel Traxler on Instagram or racheltraxler.com is my website. And I'm so honored. I, this was so much fun, Tom. So thank you so much for just allowing me this platform to speak and everything. Oh, it's our pleasure. And thank you for being here. And folks, until next time, unplug from the indoors and recharge in the outdoors. Thank you for listening to another episode of Leader of the Pack. 
Don't forget to rate this podcast. And we would certainly be grateful if you'd give us five stars. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, and Stitcher. Follow Duluth Pack on social media at Duluth Pack. And shop online at DuluthPack.com. Don't forget to support American jobs and buy American made.